Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute podcast, the show that will take you from your nine to five to living a life on your terms. We hear from the experts themselves, sharing how they created their success and give you actionable steps to help you create a lifestyle by design. Becoming a buyer's agent requires passion, dedication, and great mentorship. This podcast will share with you all three so that you can turn buying property into a career. The biggest difference in between uh, a property investor and an owner-occupier or a family home buyer is that emotional component. I really believe that what we bring to the table, not only as buyers agents, but as your empire, is bringing that financial model um, into the decision-making process. Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute show. The purpose of the show is to bring awareness to buyers agents, to bring awareness to the career opportunities that buyers agents are providing to people, to bring awareness to the opportunities around the value that buyers agents are providing to people who need help buying property. Our goal of the show is to strip back and dive into the stories and the journeys of remarkable buyers agents who are paving the way forward in one of the fastest growing real estate career trends right now. Our guest today is Luis Lecarica. He was born in South America. He's got a remarkable entrepreneurial story. Luis moved from South America to Australia and studied agricultural economics. He had an intention of getting into the family business. He then had a bit of a pivot and got into the rose business. He grew a seven and eight figure rose business, not just in Australia, but internationally. Then after that rose business, when he exited, he got into real estate and became a buyer's agent. He's now a director of your empire. He started off working with investor clients and now he's transitioned into working with owner occupiers. We're gonna dive into Lewis's story and we're gonna introduce Lewis right now. Welcome Lewis. Ben, thank you for having me. I don't know if I'm remarkable, um, but it's, it's actually very cool to be here today. So thank you so much. Awesome, man. You've got a re- I think you've got a really remarkable story. I mean, I heard a story, I haven't unpacked this with you around there was a lot of roses on a plane once, yeah. and then the plane arrived, and let's just say the roses weren't in the best condition. Yeah, so let, let's say we went down in flames uh, on that one, and look, it was a great lesson. Um, so one of the things that we learned out of that was always have insurance, and always make sure that your insurance is actually a valid insurance. So as we found out, our freight forwarder was selling us dummy insurances, so we lost Uh, quite a bit of money there and we had to liquidate the business. Wow, and so how did you go and get into this rose business? I mean, it's quite a unique area. Yeah, look, interestingly enough, um, as you said, I was studying agricultural economics and as part of our marketing research, we had to do a, a marketing project on an agricultural product and I decided to do it on roses out of Colombia. So when I was doing all the market research, I realized that there was no um, fine, fresh cut flowers in Australia. The market was very seasonal. And I thought there was a great opportunity to get into that business at that point. And I started with one little box at a time. I used to get the bus from one end of Oxford Street to the other end, sell bunches of roses to each one of those flower shops. 
and the business started growing from there. Amazing. I mean, it seems like you've got the entrepreneurial blood. How then did you then pivot from the rose business into real estate? So when I started the flower business, I became a member of an organization, which is a worldwide organization called Entrepreneurs Organization. Um, so I became a member of that when I was 24 years old. And back there, I met uh, my current business partner, Chris Gray. And uh, look, throughout, so I was part of EO for maybe 12 years or 10 years. And throughout that journey, just Chris and I became really good friends. And when um, I liquidated the flower business, I was looking for other things to do. I actually ventured into a subscription business for kids, which was backed by Telstra. And I, I actually stepped down from that, from that business as well because I wasn't passionate about it. And at that point I thought, well, I should get into something different. And I had an idea around real estate. I sat down with Chris, had a coffee. The coffee ended up being 10 beers. Uh, look, to this day, our um, shareholders agreement is in the back of a serviette. So five points, very easy to remember. And it's been a remarkable um, partnership. Yeah, so there's obviously a lot of trust there. Yeah, yeah. You're doing a shareholders agreement on the back of a serviette. No, it's great. It just seems like you guys have very high level trust. How important has EO been during your, your business career? Oh, massive, massive. Look, I, um, I always say um, EO has saved my life, my business career, and my marriage more than once. So from a personal perspective, just being able to share with that level of, of people, um, just entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, so in order for you to qualify into EO, you have to um, be the business owner. Um, have a revenue of more than $1 million to apply globally. For Sydney, it's $5 million revenue. And then, um, so everyone is going through a very similar journey. So being able to feed from those experiences is just amazing. It's, it's, it's having, I always explain it, imagine having um, eight board members that you can access once a month for four hours uh, or at any given point at the touch of your fingers. So it, it, it's actually amazing. Yeah, I mean, that support is what you need when you're grinding as an entrepreneur. Yeah. People yeah. who like-minded people, you can bounce things off. Yeah, and look, I'm being able to share the experiences as well. Uh, we all know that the entrepreneurial journey is not an easy one. It, it's a tough journey, it's a roller coaster. And you sometimes need to vent, you need to um, understand why the fuck things are happening. Um, and, and there's no better way to do it. And then how have you found this new transition? Obviously, you've, you were focusing on investor clients for a while at your empire, yeah. and now you've moved into the primary residence space. How's that transition? Look, it, 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 it's a very interesting process because I, um, I always said to, to Chris and, and to everyone in the business, I, I actually don't want to be a bias agent. So I don't consider myself a bias agent as such. Uh, my angle is more on the business angle. And, and, and look, it's, it's a very important thing to, to clarify because for, for the people that are doing the course, for example, is besides being a bias agent, you're also going to be a business owner. Um, and, and that's a massive thing that you've got to sort of get into it. So for me, my focus is I want to be 30% bias agent, 70% business owner. And, and, and look, people can do it differently, um, but for me, that's, that's what I want. So, so w when we started um, four or five years ago with Your Empire, we had one product. Um, we have tripled the size of the business nearly, and we now have close to eight products, right? So for me, it's been a very challenging thing how to learn a new industry on the go, um, 
grow the business. Uh, I'm absolutely passionate about property, which I never thought it was going to happen. Um, more than anything, you know what, man, I, I think it's being passionate about people and being, being real, um, right? I, I think, again, people are sick and tired of all the bullshit around there. Um, and people just want people. They want to relate to another human being. Um, so for me, it's been a massive learning curve. Yeah, people want authenticity. And I agree about the business. Buying property is just something we have to do as buyers agents. I mean, this is, that's the service and we've got to deliver it 120%. Yeah. But we are in the business of running a business. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, look, I, I, I often get this um, life-work balance questions. Um, I mean, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a workaholic, so I work seven days a week. Um, I'm replying emails at four o'clock in the morning, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, if I've got something in my to-do list, um, so for example, I won't leave a client reply for the next day. If, if I have to give client updates, I will do all my client up, updates on that day, right? So for me, it's being able to be connected all day, every day, but also gives me the flexibility of if I want to do something on my personal or, or have personal space, it also gives me that flexibility. Yes. So it's a great way for you to enjoy life as well, right? So I do enjoy um, certain things in life. So I, I like boats, I like cars, even though I don't drive. Um, but but th those are the things that I enjoy. How, you mentioned you don't drive. How do you get around to client appointments? I'm just curious without, <laughs> with, without driving. So look, I do public transport. Um, so I take the bus, trains. Um, I do a lot of Uber. Uh, for, for the weekend viewings, I normally rent a car. Um, but I just believe that there's other ways um, for you to get from point A to B and you don't necessarily need to own a car. Um, look, we're a family of five, so I've got three kids. We have a car at home, but, um, but I normally don't use it. Um, I, I really try and make an effort and, and, and use public transport. So you, you don't like driving or you just... Look, I, I had my license, I lost my license, and it was, um, it was an interesting process because I used to drive everywhere. I mean, at, at one point, I think I had like four or five cars at home and I, I literally drove everywhere. And this just forced me to think outside the box. Mm. Um, I'm probably more productive now. So in the bus, in the train, in an Uber, I can read emails, I can reply to emails, I can read documents. Um, I like reading a lot. So um, yeah, it's just, it's easier for me. It's, I guess it, um, one of the things that I've always wanted to do is live my life by design. And this is just the way that I want to live my life. It's great. I mean, I, I respect that because driving is frustrating. It's, uh, it's challenging on the road at times. So just being able to sit back, as you said, and read and actually educate yourself instead of while you're driving and focusing is a win. And look, don't get me wrong. Um, last year we had a family holiday in New Zealand for six weeks and we drove seven and a half thousand kilometers or I drove seven and a half thousand kilometers. So I, I, I do think that um, it's just what you want to do and how you want to do it and just, just live life in your terms. That's, that's absolutely the way that I've, that I've planned it. I know that you're working with primary residence clients mainly now, yeah. as opposed to investors. Yeah. How have you, have you noticed a major difference with the, with the client journey that you're going through? Yeah, so um, look, I'm an economist. So 
I'm very black and white, numbers driven sort of um, sort of thing. Even though I'm South American and I'm very emotional, um, the the biggest difference in between uh, a property investor and an owner occupier or family home buyer is that emotional component. I really believe that what we bring to the table, not only as buyers agents but as your empire, is bringing that financial model. Um, into the decision-making process. So if you're looking at, let's call it a million-dollar property or a $5 million property, there's a financial decision, there's a financial process um, and, and, and thought process for you to understand and justify that purchase, and then there's an emotional component. So if it's the perfect location, the perfect house, if it's going to make your partner happy, if it's going to be close to schools, if it's going to be close to the office, um, if it's going to suit your lifestyle, and on paper, in value, it's worth $5 million, but the vendor wants $5.5 million, are you going to risk trying to get that same place in six months' time and pay $5 million, or are you going to put it into a $500,000 emotional component if you're going to live in it for the next 20 years? So is $500,000 or 10% or whatever the amount is significant if that's going to be your forever home? So I think going through that motion with clients is very helpful. So understanding where they are and how can we justify that emotional component? Yeah, it's a very different experience, a lot more emotion that you're dealing with. But investor properties, I always say, the clients, it's still emotional when you're buying for investors. Yeah. Like they're trying to accumulate wealth, their financial freedom, whatever they're trying to do, there's, there's emotion with that. Oh, absolutely, man. And, and, and look, I, um, I, I, I always say it's, it's very interesting to work with, um, with investor clients as well. So normally CEO, CFO, COO, bankers, lawyers, doctors. So normally very strong characters that, we, that we're dealing with. Very cool people, but strong characters. Very successful people in their own sort of way. Um, a lot of them, especially I see this with the male um, clients, they, they, they really think they're the decision-making um, guys. They're the guys that, um, you know, they're, 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 almost the wives report to them. And it's very funny because we would present a property to them and oh, look, I've, got to, I've got to check with Mary. <laughs> I'll run it past Mary first and then I'll let you know. So uh, I always like to say they wear their pants, but they bloody ask their wife every day what color pants to wear. There's, 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 there's usually multiple decision makers. Uh, absolutely. And, and look, that's, that's another thing that I've always, or, or that I've learned. Um, and it's uh, always communicate with both decision makers if you want your life to be easier, especially in the, in the um, family homes. Um, if you're not talking to both decision makers, um, it's, it, it, it's gonna go pear shape one way or another. Yeah, it's great. And where can people find you uh, with your empire if they're looking for you guys? So look, the, the, the easiest way is pick up the phone, give me a ring. Uh, my number is 0456-556-052. Like I said, available 24-7 or shoot me an email l-u-i-s at yourempire.com.au well it's great to see that your empire is now expanding into the primary residence space because i mean your empire it's a very established brand obviously chris and yourself have got a very good presence so it's great to see that you guys are diversifying and you've got all these products that you're offering i mean 
I love seeing entrepreneurs who have been in business, who are now getting into the buyer's agent space, who love business, they're hustling. There's so many transferable skills, right? Just to really bring into it. So it's awesome to see your story. I mean, you've been such a successful entrepreneur. So to now to bring that energy into this new business, I know you've been doing it for a while, but it's just great to see how this business is expanding now. So yeah, thanks for being here, appreciate it. Ben, thank you so much for having me and uh, looking forward to another five, 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, and we'll see you next week on the new show. See you there. Thank you guys. To find out more about how you can become a stellar buyer's agent yourself, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au.